From the 2021 NFB Convention, here is the IRA Roadmap, led off by IRA CEO Troy Attilio. You're in a um, discussion about IRA, our product roadmap, and how we do design. Welcome. Um, gosh, I'm excited to be here. I can't believe it's uh, another year has gone by. I think we're, we're you know, as as the uh, the world improves, as COVID subsides, I think it's it's you know. There's, there's a feeling of optimism. Um, gosh, I wish we were in person because there's nothing like the energy at a in-person NFB conference, right, Ryan? Like there's- Oh my goodness, really, right, yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, the goal here is, uh, you know, to, to meet for this session is really, um, you know, we're gonna have some opportunity for questions. I put the agenda, I'll review it again, um, but, you know, meet you, the customer. Um, uh, I'm gonna start by introducing some new faces. So uh, team, if you get ready to, uh, we'll do a quick roll, roll call. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask Camille, Ryan, Venu, Irene, and Dave to, to introduce themselves, um, you know, uh, their role, tenure at IRA. I think you're gonna find, you know, we got some new talent here at IRA in our development team and why you're passionate about IRA. So very quickly, uh, starting with Camille. Hi, my name's Camille. Uh, I'm the new UX designer at IRA. I've been working here for about six months, but I've done internships with IRA over the last few years as well. So I'm not completely new to it, but I'm coming in with fresh, fresh, fresh eyes and fresh ideas. So we'll talk more about. And why, why are you, why are you so passionate about IRA, Camille? Um, well, for one, I, I think that what we do is really important. And really, the more that I get to talk to you guys and learn about your experiences, both as people and in terms of your experiences digitally, I just feel like there's a lot that we can do to really move beyond the state that we're in right now of the agents are really great, but the, the digital experience is not. And I think that there's a lot I can do to... Awesome. Um, Ryan, uh, what about you? I mean, I think people know you, but yeah, with your name. And your name. <laughs> Hello, Federation family. It's great to say that again. Um, glad to be here. Uh, of course, I'm Ryan Bishop. I am the product manager here at IRA, although some of you may remember me from the customer care team as well. Um, I am um, happy to be at IRA. I've, you know, I think uh, from my first call that I made back at CSUN uh, in and, and what, like 2017, 2018, I, you know, I've always uh, had a special sp spot in my heart for IRA and uh, had to give back to the company that's given me so much independence and given me so much, you know, in my life. So I'm just really passionate to be here to touch so many lives to uh, get to watch the, the, the experiences that everybody has uh, while they work on, or while I work on a product that I feel can be uh, game changing in the in the community. So glad to be here and looking forward to sharing some great stuff with you guys. How about Vinu? Yeah, I am Vinu Samayaji. I'm the, the new chief technology officer at IRA. Relatively new. I think I've been here since about January and why I'm passionate about IRA. I think the, the technology that IRA has behind it is, has gotten us so far, but there's still so much room to do more toward just like making the universe more accessible. And then it's like, Part of, I'm a technologist. It's a part of what I like to do is to try and bite away at that and, uh, and, and make the product better. So that's what I'm excited about. Cool. And Irene, Irene, are you on mute? 
Yeah, sorry, I have to unmute myself. Hi, I'm Irene. Uh, I am a, a software engineer. I joined IRA almost two months ago because when I was uh, introduced to IRA, I was impressed by the opportunity I had to um, by using modern technology to change people's lives. Mm -hmm. Very good. And finally, uh, Dave Morrison. Hi, my name is Dave. Um, I've been a software engineer for over 30 years. Uh, the opportunity to work at IRA was exciting to me for some of the reasons the other people have said that uh, you get to touch people's lives directly. It isn't just a, you know, a machine or a, you know, some other device or another banking system or something like that. It's, it's an application that people are using directly to help them with their everyday lives. I found that um, an exciting opportunity as well as the opportunity to innovate. My focus is on um, the next generation of products. That's kind of what I'm focusing on now. So the opportunity to come up with better ways to do um, what needs to be done is also exciting to me. And then, uh, yeah, my, myself, I'm Troy Otilio. Um, I'm the CEO of IRA and I've been here since the beginning. I started as the chief operating officer working with Simon. Um, Guy, I'm, I'm just, this is, this is the most exciting role in time in my life, even though, you know, I've been in and about leadership roles in software for 30 years. There's nothing like IRA for all the reasons everyone mentioned. It is a, it is a novel solution that has so much opportunity. And we're going to talk about that today. Um, so I'm going to talk for another five minutes and then we're going to launch into, um, uh, uh, Camille's going to talk about the design process because I think design is where it starts, where great, great products have great design. Like, you know, if you have a uh, average design or, or a design that doesn't meet the needs of your customer, you can have all the great engineering and technologists in the world, but you're missing the mark. So we'll start with uh, Camille talking about design and she has a call to action at the end. And then Ryan, and, and we'll have questions. Then we'll swap to Ryan. We'll talk about what's around the corner and what is, going to happen throughout the year with respect to features and capabilities that we're going to add. Um, I think, I think, you'll, you know, that'll be exciting. And then we'll have room for just general questions about 15, uh, 10 to 15 minutes. So um, just uh, to set the stage, you can see we have a lot of new staff members. And for some, by the way, this is our first NFB conference. And, you know, we, I think many of you may know, IRA was really forged or founded at NFB, um, you know, five, six years ago when Simon and the team uh, went, went to a conference, hoping just to get some testing uh, accomplished. And in fact, um, I think they ended up having to go out and buy a credit card reader because people wanted to buy um, the, at that time, we only had a subscription service, but really that started our culture of listening, prototyping, revising, and really iterating the product with you, the customer. Like, um, that's that's where great products come from by you know a deep listening and understanding um, of the needs of the customer and then applying insights and creativity. Um, so I think uh, if you've been following IRA, last year was particularly well. Last year was particularly challenging for so many companies um, and for so many of you. Uh, ultimately, we're here. We've persevered, but we had to make some tough choices along the way. Uh, you know, um, because the, the playbook for a pandemic was not was not written. Right. And so we had to, like, make decisions uh, fairly quickly. And I think that has made Ira stronger. Um, so anyone who's, you know, other companies, probably the same. Right. Like we had to make decisions quickly that we might have taken much longer to make. 
Um, but I'm excited to report we are now able to invest in engineering and product. You, you see a lot of new faces. Um, you know, let's, I'll, you know this, we didn't really do too much in the way of improving the product in the last year. It doesn't mean we weren't working on things behind the scenes, but ultimately we've been a little quiet on, you know, new features, new capabilities. And so this team's mission is to create the most usable, delightful solutions for you all to enable you to, you know, explore beyond whatever boundaries or obstacles that you face today through the power of visual interpretation, the, the, the service we know as IRA. And in a practical sense, um, you know, today we're going to be talking about what we can do with the IRA app, the mobile apps, other apps, the server, you know, what can we do to improve and harness even more value out of this interaction. So as I mentioned, first we'll hear from Ira's lead UX designer, Camille, about the current and future plans for design. We'll take a few questions about the design, design and design process, and then we'll move to Ryan, who will share planned roadmap for explorers, and we'll conclude with questions. We won't be talking about agent operations or access partners, but really focusing on the product that you know you as an explorer use today um, at the end if, if you have questions on those other things we, we might be able to take those but i wanted today to arm this engineering team with as much information from you and then also share our plans so i hope you come away more informed about what's coming um, and that you share with your friends and colleagues and uh, with that we're going to get in design and just to remind you design is about how we ensure what we produce is something that's valuable for you that you enjoy um, it's not about what we build and when, that's Ryan's job, which he'll talk about next. So, um, or it's not how we build it, that's something that Vanu, Dave, and Irene focus on. So this is really about design. So with that, I'm going to bring on the virtual stage Camille to lead us through uh, your discussion on design. So welcome, Camille. Hi, um, and thanks again, everyone, for taking the time to, to listen to me today. I feel so lucky to be here and be able to talk to you all. Um, like I said, a huge part of my job that I really love is getting to really immerse myself in your world, understand your unique challenges, um, etc. So anyways, without further ado, just to give you a quick outline, um, I wanted to talk about what is the state of accessibility and particularly in the design kind of world of things, if you will. Um, what accessibility means to us at IRA, and then how we are incorporating that and next, some next steps and what to expect from IRA. So as I've mentioned, I'm pretty new. And what that means for me a lot of the time is that I take a lot of time to research how to be a better designer in terms of accessibility. I've researched countless articles, trying to find ways to make the design process really unique to your particular needs. I have watched a lot of speeches um, and I've attended a lot of events that call themselves something along the lines of accessible design or promise a more how-to style speech about how to be better designers when it comes to accessibility. And often for a half hour speech, we get 20 minutes about why accessibility is important and why we need to care. They'll cite, cite statistics, which like 96% of digital experiences are not fully accessible, which isn't even in terms of accessibility in terms of any form of disability, differently abled people, whether that's 
uh, people who are blind or low vision, people who have some sort of mobility disability, and it's just really off the mark. They, they mean what percent of the internet can you actually Google, which I found in researching for this speech. Um, and you know, if it's a if it's a business facing speech, we'll hear we'll lose X percent of customers, or how accessibility is crucial to avoiding lawsuits. I hear the phrase when something's accessible for people of a certain group, then it's accessible for everyone, and then we get this big long feel good thing. And then at the very end of the speech, like the last five minutes, they literally just send us a link to the WCAG website with a list of guidelines, and it just kind of ends there. And so, you know, while those guidelines are an important starting point, I think that we at IRA are reframing accessibility as more than a list of guidelines that we need to check against. While any designer can come in and change the contrast and text size and label as a last minute fix to avoid infringing on accessibility, as designers, we're really not taught to include a range of perspectives of differently abled people into our research, into our testing, into our planning for future fe features, products, changes, etc. And the more time I spend at IRA, the more I find ourselves pioneering ways to include you guys in the same way that most designers wouldn't even have to think twice about including, you know, non-disabled people. Um, and an example of this is when I first came into IRA. Um, the first task that I was given was a pretty big one, and it was just to redesign the IRA mobile app. And so my first thought, having recently come out of design school, was an activity called card sorting. And it's a pretty simple activity in which users are given a list of words. So example, an example, if we wanted to use something non-IRA related, is in the grocery store. I think we've all walked into the produce section. Um, and the way that they might organize that is they would give everyone a list of produce. Um, and if specifically we wanna look at fruit, you might get the group lemon, oranges, grapefruits, uh, pineapples, mangoes, papayas, oranges, apples, bananas. And you could either sort those into something like lemons, oranges, and grapefruits are all citrus fruits, pineapples, mangoes, and papayas are all tropical fruits. And then the researcher at the grocery store could say, we're going to arrange it based on this. I mean, that's obviously a very simple answer. Or they might say people grouped apples, bananas, and oranges together. And they said that these were, and grapes together, and these were the most common fruits. Um, so they all, they wanted to find them all together because those are the most commonly bought items together or whatever. Um, and we can kind of see this on something like Amazon where it might suggest similar things, even though they're not naturally grouped together, we can kind of get an understanding. Um, and as an IRA example, users might group the concepts, customer care, frequently asked questions, an explorer guide together in a category called support or call an agent and start call with a message in a group that's like most important things you can do with IRA, for example. And usage may go in that, it may not, but, um, Regardless, the trends in these groupings and namings of categories help to inform me about explorers' mental models. Um, and with some analysis can help us create a more intuitive navigation by understanding how na people naturally group things. It, yeah, um, sorry. Uh, yeah, so anyways, it just basically helps me to understand the way that 
people think about it. And this was an activity that I had done multiple times in, de in design school um, and helped to create much more intuitive navigation than the way that those apps or pages had previously existed. Um, and when I sent out the invitation to do this activity, um, I remember I literally put that it was a 15 minute activity. And then I created the activity with the same online tools that I had used. And I sent it to Ryan and he was like, I, I can't see anything. And it was the first time that it hadn't even occurred to me that there wouldn't be any sort of design tools that were accessible. And so I literally went back to Google. I Googled a bunch of things. I tried a bunch of different ones and Ryan was really patient in testing all of them saying, I can see the list of words on this one, but I can't actually move them. And the solution that we came up for that one was really quite simple. We hopped on Zoom, um, they shared their screen with me. And then I basically was the agent and dragged things over and would say, okay, I'm moving call customer care into support. Now customer support has these items in it. And then they would go back to the list and they'd be like, okay, create a new category. Um, some of you have maybe even done that activity um, with me, but regardless, so that was kind of a first experience in this realm. Um, and then it was design time. And so I hopped on my design software and I started drawing layouts and making buttons. And I was really excited to show Ryan because this whole time we had been talking about all of the ways in which Ira could be an exceptional experience rather than just an acceptable one. Um, and the image I sent him was blank. And again, I, I shared my screen with him. He had screen reader on. It showed that he was on an image, but it didn't show anything that I had made. Um, and so again, I was like, okay, I'll figure this out hopped back on Google, searched accessibility plugins for this particular de design software. And I was really excited to show him again. And it was a blank image. Um, so I really feel like this is kind of at the crux of the issue. Uh, as much as the tech world is talking about how crucial accessibility is, Nobody is really creating the tools to effectively include a range of people in the design process. Uh, UX design is the idea that we listen to users and we really engage them and understand their problems and we create technology that is tailored to them. Um, and this is one of those cases where it's not it's not impossible by any means, but it's impossible to do it at the same level and care and quality that that other people just get naturally, um, or not naturally, but that other people just have. And I even asked a few of the people who I've worked with in the past, some of my friends who work in technology, how do you, how do you test for accessibility? How do you make sure that it's not just labeled correctly and that it's actually usable? And they all said, I'll ask my boss, but I don't think we'd, we'd really do anything. Um, and I feel like that's part of the problem. So, well, any Neil, designer- if I, can, uh, if I can just put an emphasis on that, like, and I think the reason we're telling this, Camille's gonna talk about like what, how we're met in that, but it is even for myself with like 30 years experience in, in software and design, it hit me like a ton of bricks. What Camille just, what we discovered that the design process 
today, and, and the reason we're sharing this, I think NFE is a great place to share like information like this, but as far as we know, and we've done the work, the design process, which is the, the where, where design starts, like where great design starts, does not have accessible tooling. So continue, Camille. Yeah, um, I don't wanna belabor it too much because, uh, yeah, but I'll, yeah, I'll continue. Um, so while any company or designer can create digital experiences that are merely accessible, um, again, by making sure everything is labeled correctly, the right focus order, the correct text size and contrast, we're not actually creating usable experiences for people who aren't sighted, um, who are blind or low vision. I, I know this for a fact, when any digital product or feature gets released from a large company, I know that they're running tests with dozens of users to make sure that products are not only the bare minimum, meaning that people can, can access them in their preferred modality, but that they're also easy, simple, intuitive, seamless, delightful. And in the larger scheme of things, um, meaning in tech, we're not, we're not doing the same in terms of accessibility. Um, accessibility in the way that I really learned it was an afterthought of check this list of guidelines. Um, even as I've been designing for Ira, a new layer that I've never practiced before, never taught to do, was annotating with what voiceover should read. But that's absolutely a UX, a UX role, right? Like we want to, as designers, our whole job is to make sure that everything that the user touches and interacts with is, again, going back to that list of adjectives, easy, understandable, all of those things. And the fact that that never even came up in, in my time learning how to design um, is kind of, you know, just goes to show how, how much of a yeah, I guess afterthought it is. Um, so anyways, now, now that I've complained enough, let's talk about how we're actually fixing that. So, um, so currently the only way to create an accessible prototype, like I said, design tools aren't really made um, to test with, with anybody but non-disabled sighted people. Um, and so we've been working to create prototypes that are coded and I've been going through and we've actually been using this tool called Flutterflow, which is great because it creates the basics of a prototype. And then you can add on the coding, like the semantics, any other more complicated interactions you wanna have. Um, and so I've been learning how to code for, for a while. And in fact, we're, we have a prototype to test today. So, um, if you would like to test, I will be in the conference booth. Um, but really the, the point that I wanna drive home is as a, as a designer, I want to go beyond um, having accessibility, again, be a list of guidelines and really include you guys in each, in each layer of the, the process. And I just, I feel like if we're not using those user design processes with, people who are blind or low vision, then we're not really accessible UX designers. We're UX designers who <laughs> slap a label of accessibility on at the end. And my commitment to you at IRA and outside of IRA is really to make sure that you guys are at the center of the design process in the same way that 
people who are cited would be at any other company, making sure that you guys are involved in the interviews um, when they're conducted, making sure that you guys are part of that generative research that informs how I'm gonna start designing. And then once I'm done designing, you guys are gonna be the first ones to look at it and say, this doesn't make sense or this label should read differently or whatever that happens to be so that I can really iterate based on your feedback and make sure that you guys are as much of a part of the design process as you really can be because Ira is for you all above anyone else. So, um, but at the moment, yeah, uh, the plan is to keep changing design activities so that they are at the same fidelity and a part of the, the process. Um, sorry, I'm repeating myself at this point. <laughs> I gotta, um, but. Okay, so um, so yeah, so you you covered like you know just again hammering home like the design process um, for the planet right now is very challenging for using conventional tools. You've come up with some ways to actually, and we, we're pretty excited about this. You, we literally can now more rapidly prototype interactions, and so far as we know, like we've talked to Vespera, we talked to a lot of companies, nobody is doing this. No one has the ability to do a rapid prototype of a screen reader accessible experience. It's all afterthought. It's all design it in the UI, yeah. label it, code it. That's months of time and then and then get feedback from the masses. Um, so Camille, I think what um, your, your call to action then is I want you guys to come to the booth. Camille has a prototype she wants to, she's already tested with folks and, and it would be great to get your input as this will then move to the engineering phase where we're actually going to implement it. Camille, any final closing thoughts? Uh, th thanks for uh, thanks for the thoughtful um, uh, review of, of the state of accessibility and design. Yeah, I mean, really, I was I was thinking about this, you know, of course, since I heard that we were going to do it, but I really started thinking about it this week and in in just talking people talking to people and kind of preparing and. All of that, I think the, yeah, what I keep coming back to is accessibility is the bare minimum of product design, not the end of it. And I would like to get to a state where we can really embody that in every stage of the design process without any friction. And I don't think we're going to get there anytime soon. And so until then, I'm going to keep hacking away at ways to make it feel that way. Um, for you guys. Okay, at this point, um, we've got a uh, couple minutes for questions about design, and then we're going to move to Ryan, who's going to talk about uh, what's coming. Uh, let's see, we've got some hands. Uh, I guess I'm going to go um, to Roger first. I'm clicking the Ask to Unmute button. Here we go. Good afternoon, Troy and uh, Camille and Dave and the whole crew. Ryan, this is Roger Cousin from Maine. And uh, Actually, I've got some work-related meetings I've got to get to, and I have been dying to ask this question. And so although my question may be a bit out of sequence, since you guys are here, I'd like to ask two questions and get some quick feedback. And I'll try to be quick with my, with my question. I've been reporting this to the folks in uh, support for months in the about section where it says about IRA and it gives the version number. Somebody in their infinite wisdom spelled out the word point, P-O-I-N-T, so for, space, P-O-I-N-T, space, five, 
to space P-O-I-N-T-1. Uh, can we go back to just putting four decimal point five one or whatever the current version is? Can we get rid of the P-O-I-N-T, please, well, and put back decimals? We got the point. It'll be gone. Thank you. What's your next question? I'm glad that you got my point. I appreciate that, Troy. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Yeah. And uh, that was a pointed question. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah my, my, my next question is, uh, again, I've asked to support this, for folks who may use ear pods that are not mutable, and we work with the agents and we are in loud areas, the agents get blocked out. So the Vox circuit of the app blocks the agent out because our audio is coming through. Can we design a mute button in the app so that the folks who do not have mute controls like on the Apple ear pods can mute the call, mute our microphone audio, which lets us hear the agents better, especially if we are in loud areas. Hey, that's, Those are my um, two questions. Yeah, so that's, we'll just take that as input. That's great feedback and that's the kind of thing we're here for. Um, Thanks, thanks, Roger. That's that's good stuff. I'm thanks for letting me John. get my point across. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna ask John Vickers to go next. Looking to ask. Him. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I do have a couple of questions as well. I do know we have a general question session, yeah. so I'll save my second question for that. If that's okay. But one of my question is, uh, what? How do I access or when is the uh, booth going to be open where I can do the test of prototype? Ryan, you wanna? The exhibit hall booth is open pretty much the entire time the NFB has exhibit hall hours open. Um, if you go in there and just uh, let everyone know that you want to talk to Camille, we can go ahead and bring her in. Uh, um, we're all probably planning to get there after the session today. So uh, anybody Perfect. who comes in, uh, I'll yeah. be there. Camille will be there, everyone. I have another, question. I have oh, another question too. Um, and it's, uh, should I save it for the general question? Because it's not specifically about design. Yeah, so it's not about design. These are, we'll take one more design question and then we will have time at the end for general. Thank um, you, sir. If you, if you have a design question, keep your hand up and I'm going to go with Josh Pearson. Uh, yes, hi. Thank you for taking the hi, question. Mm -hmm. uh, hi. So very quickly, just thinking about, about design and this problem that you've raised around accessibility um, really not being at the heart of, of design. I'm wondering, you know, in terms of kind of getting that to be more of the industry standard, I know you have a partnership with a lot of universities um, as uh, access locations. I'm wondering if there's a, a way to help incorporate um, accessibility into their AT departments by leveraging their comp sci students and, and folks like that to better understand inclusive design, especially considering all the innovative things that you're trying to do with it. Camille, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think I think that's a great a great suggestion. I think my first thought goes to I would like to write like a medium article. Eventually I'm gonna write a book about my time at Ira and it's gonna be a national bestseller. But until then, I think a lot of it is how do we put resources into people's hands when they need it? Um, and while it's great to have universities. There's still so many more designers who I think would not have access to that, who want to be better at accessibility. They're looking up accessibility. And again, and we come back to those like fluffy medium articles about why you should care and then a link and then maybe some, maybe some helpful reminders. I mean, of course, I'm probably exaggerating a little bit about, but I mean, at the same time, it really is, um, so, yeah, I mean, but that's a great suggestion. I'll definitely look into that. Um, I just, yeah. All right, and then in terms of that was, um, the, that was design, um, we're going to move on now to uh, Ryan Bishop, who's the IRA product manager, is going to talk about our 
roadmap and what's coming. So Ryan Bishop, please take us away. Absolutely, everyone. Happy to do so. So again, I'm uh, Ryan Bishop. I'm the Iris product manager. Um, and first of all, before I get into what our product roadmap is for the next couple of uh, for the next year, I want to get into uh, for those that maybe don't know what um, a roadmap is and kind of how the product manager role um, works. Um, so when um, one great thing about uh, the role that I have here is that uh, along with being an IRA explorer um, and having uh, some insight into how the service works, I really do enjoy getting to talk to some of you guys and really get some input. When I get your guys' input, I take a lot of those ideas, a lot of those things, and I work with you know the, uh, the engineering team, I work with, uh, with who we have uh, on our team. And then I put this into what we call a product roadmap. Um, this roadmap really is what we follow or um, try to follow. Roadmaps can always change and you know be updated depending on uh, needs of the company and whatnot. But um, to really um, provide a, a, a report of what we're gonna do for the next three to 12 months um, uh, as a company and really be able to provide us the insight we need. Um, so in, in a sense, we just commit and, uh, what is coming and, and how it goes. So I want to get into what we're going to do. Um, I'll start with the things that are going to come the soonest, um, and go out to, um, what we're going to, uh, commit to by the, uh, end of, or next year, I would say in the next 12 months. Um, so we're going to start with, um, I'm going to start with something that I think a lot of people, um, will be interested in, um, you know, I think uh, over the past three years, uh, even in the pandemic, like a lot of our calls, um, and, and many of you can probably relate to this, they're online tasks. Um, we do a lot of things with computers, uh, whether that's reading websites, whether that's, you know, just uh, helping you out at work, even um, doing a lot of stuff with our access partners, uh, a lot of universities, um, screen sharing, document sharing. Um, some of those challenges that we see um, are that uh, TeamViewer, um, which we use right now, is is pretty complicating to get. You know, you want to at the end end of the day, the the goal here, I think, for IRF, for you, for for me, for everyone, is um, we want to be able to start a call. We want to get that screen share automatically connected, um, or at least as quick as possible, and get on with your day and task to save you minutes. Um, and, uh, sometimes you don't even want your phone. Sometimes you just want to make that call. You, you just want to make the call. You want to put your phone down, not even use the camera. And so I want to introduce IRA for desktop. Um, IRA for desktop is something that we have talked about for a while. Um, I, uh, we even demoed a version of it at an NFB convention a while ago, but we really thought, um, how that would work. Um, and it's, it's first on our list of things to complete for this roadmap. Um, so we plan to deliver in the next uh, 12 months and uh, it's gonna be here for Windows, for Mac. Um, you'll be able to share documents. Our, our goal here is that uh, instead of emailing your documents to your agent, uh, your IRA for desktop will be able to uh, go right in and just drop your documents into say an IRA folder maybe, or something on your computer um, and get those documents right to your agent um, to really have a seamless connection um, with, your, with your agent, however that may be. Um, 
the goal is that it'll connect. You'll automatically have that team viewer or maybe not team viewer connection. Um, and then you'll be able to have instant access to your agent. Um, so that's IRA for desktop. Um, now, the next thing, and I'll uh, happy to answer questions on any of these at the end, um, but I want to get through all the roadmap here so that way we can, uh, and you know, of course, happy to answer questions in the exhibit hall after the session if we don't get to you. Um, but the next thing I want to talk about is um, IRA with equality. You know, I think equality means a lot of things to many people. Um, there's, you know, equality in the in, in, in the BVI community. There's equality, you know, around the world. But I think one big thing that we haven't seen over the past few years is equality with our apps, um, with uh, our iPhone and our Android app. And that's a big one. Um, I, I think um, iPhone and Ira has always kind of been a, a iPhone's kind of been the flagship of the Ira service for, for a while. And that for us is as we, you know, especially as we go into other markets, as we uh, into Ira global, as we go into seeing more people kind of transition to Android, we want to make sure the Android app is up to parity with our iPhone app. So in the coming weeks, we'll be launching an, we'll be launching, uh, an Android refresh. Um, and that refresh is to eliminate the known issues in Android. Uh, you're going to see um, some of the things like the photo bugs that you have uh, when you've been having issues with your photos. You've been uh, uh, features that may or may not have been there. Um, and we'll continue to uh, grow the Android um, until Android is at par with iOS. Um, so at the end, the end goal for this, um, and we won't consider this done until both apps are seamlessly and integrated together. Um, there isn't features that you can't get in iPhone um, that you can't get in Android. And hopefully they look somewhat the same as well. Um, you know, so there's, there's not uh, a learning curve if you want to switch phones, you know, stuff like that. Now, the next few things I want to get into, um, I touched a lot on accessing IRA. Um, ways that you can get access to the service um, through our mobile apps, through our uh, our desktop application that we want to come out with. But now I want to get into calls. And the first one that I want to talk about, um, there's, there's, there's some frustrations and a few things. And so I'll touch on this in three different parts. Um, so let's say you call in and you are at the end of an agent shift. Right now, you have to hang up on callback, and that for us is not an okay thing. Um, or maybe you need to get to an agent that uh, uh, was helping you, or or you you uh, call as a uh, if you're wanting to get a specific agent, like a female agent, um, if you're doing a task that's more uh, more personal in that way. Um, so one of the things we have on our roadmap that we want to come out with or that we will come out with in the next year is call transferring. And so what this is going to be is um, it's it's a way for us to be able to have you just transferred to another agent while you're on a call. Um, it'll add uh, greater flexibility for you, um, save you time so that way you don't have to hang up and call back. Um, and if you have a task where you have uh, one big thing for this uh, feature is that if you have a task that's a long task that's going to span an hour or so and you're, you have to 
you don't want to hang up, call back and explain everything. We want to be able to hand that task off, you know, hand, uh, make some task notes. Um, you, you know, we want to make sure you can uh, get those task notes transferred over as well. And so the agents will be able to make notes, transfer that over um, and make sure that you have those uh, with the next agent. You can continue on like uh, as if, you know, there was no interruptions. And so that's the goal there. Um, so I wanted to talk about um, another feature. Um, and for this one, I'll, I want to talk about a uh, something that you're going to see soon. Um, and, and it's going to be um, called matching. And the biggest thing about this, I'll, I'll kind of explain a little bit about what this is. Um, IRS strives to train and staff agents um, who can meet every need. Um, I think though for some tasks and um, under certain circumstances, there may be agents who are, who are even better for the situation. You know, uh, there, we have so many agents and I think agents strive to be you know, the best they can be, but you know, we all know that there are some that can do certain things. And uh, I think the IRS system could anticipate that need um, or maybe you want to do something specifically um, for, for this first iteration. Like, let's say you call and you say, I want to do navigation. I want to I do a navigation call. Um, Ira could then pick the best agent uh, and match you to an agent who's, who just loves doing or is great at navigation. Um, and so we, wanna, we're, we are going to come out with something that's called call matching. Um, and navigation will be first, but there will be other tasks that will be added on later on. Um, so it's an interesting thought. Um, and I wanna share some information real quick about navigation. Um, so before the pandemic, because um, uh, a lot of people think that, and I think we've, you know, we've kind of said it in the past that navigation is one of the, the biggest things that I ever has done. Funny enough, that's, we've, before the pandemic, we only had 10% of our total number of calls that were navigation. Um, and when the pandemic started, um, probably um, mid-pandemic, you probably wouldn't be surprised to hear that that went down to about 4%. Um, but now it's starting to slowly trickle back up. So we're at 6%. And so, you know, there's there's some numbers there that I think uh, that interested me a little bit and and what and how that how that looks. But I think for, we all know navigation is pretty critical. Um, you know, when you're out and about, you want to get to where you want to go. You want to get to, you know, where you want to be. And so for us, um, having matching to get you to an agent that is the best at navigation, who can really get you there um, is what we want to do. Um, all agents, I, I should, will iterate that all agents can and will do uh, navigation. There are just some that either enjoy it more or more experienced. And so we want to route you to those agents and they want to engage you and, and really work with you. So, um, so um, this gets me to my second to last uh, thing on our roadmap. Um, and this one's a pretty big one. Um, and it kind of goes along with call transfer, but it's a little different. Um, and so I, I, I wanted to talk about it here. Um, so another little IRA statistic for you that you may or may not know is that we strive to, and we have uh, uh, answered most calls uh, in under 10 seconds or less. So when you call in, um, you get answered pretty quickly. 
Um, however, there are maybe some times where you maybe have a task that you want to do that is uh, a little bit longer and you know it's going to be longer and you don't want to worry about uh, having to see about an agent or get transferred or whatever that may be. Um, we wanted to know, and we've really put this together as, what if there was a better way to, to handle this situation? Um, this goes back to also um, a few years ago uh, uh, with our customer care team. You know, uh, in 2017, 28, uh, 8, 2018, we had some struggles in our customer care team because the, um, the majority of the calls were going to a voicemail system and they weren't getting put into any sort of um, any sort of way for our, the care team to really get back to you. And what we did is we implemented um, call queuing and uh, call uh, scheduling. And uh, so the next feature that we are going to set up is call scheduling, queuing, and callbacks. Um, and uh, your IRA app would then be able to connect you back to an agent when an agent was available if you uh, if the call ring through or you could schedule your call ahead of time uh, things like that uh, happy to go into more details about that if anybody would like to know more uh, in our exhibit hall but uh, in the interest of time I'll quickly jump to our last one um, which is feedback from you um, which I think is the most important thing our system really depends on feedback from you um, and uh, so we would like to uh, revamp that, uh, that feedback at the end of a call. Uh, so that way, uh, Camille has really been looking into that and uh, she will be exploring that. And to be more clear on what you're rating, whether that's the agent and whether you're rating the experience of the call, whether you're rating the, um, you know, the, the, how the call went, how the navigation call went, um, things like that. So, uh, and of course that will still remain anonymous as always in IRA, um, but just uh, hopefully that was a high level overview of the roadmap. Um, I know I'm at the end of time here, so I wanna get to questions um, and ask, uh, answer any questions that you have. Um, I see some that are already in the chat, so I'll go ahead and give it back to Troy. Um, but if Great. anybody has well, any questions. A lot of information, um, I don't think in the past IRA shared roadmap, um, you know, as Venu, if you ask him a question, like these are things we're committed to do in the next 12 months, there's a lot more that you will see happen. So like you may see other capabilities come out, but this is what we have decided um, is, is super critical to improve the experience. There are of course a lot of bug fixes and things like I heard about the sound quality, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so with that, we'll get to uh, questions. And maybe the first one to field, because um, I know it's always the question we get, like, what about glasses? Oh, yeah, I see it in the chat. So <laughs> maybe I'll take that one because um, it comes down to uh, it comes down to this. We know um, hands-free experience is paramount. We know that um, that is just so valuable, especially in navigation. You don't want to have your hands, you know, tied up, handing the camera, and the chest mount isn't necessarily optimal. Yet Ira is you know, for the long foreseeable future, we will never be in the business of manufacturing glasses, distributing glasses. Um, we learned through the early phase of IRA that is just a huge lift. Uh, you know, imagine that took half of our resources, right? Like, and even then um, it wasn't sustainable. 
like the cost of glasses to, to produce, ship, all that. So what instead we're looking forward to, and we didn't talk about this as a roadmap item for fear that it, it would be too confusing, um, we wouldn't have enough time, but I'll just suffice to say like our, our thought is to enable IRA to be hosted in other glasses that are produced and manufactured by other people. Um, but our technology platform isn't there yet to support the ability to do that in a way that IRA isn't deeply involved with the manufacture and um, production. But as you know, maybe if we want to go into it later, Vinu, Dave can talk about what, how we're taking steps to make that possible. So that's the glasses answer. So you're not going to see glasses from IRA and there's no committed plan in the next year to provide that, even though we are looking at ways we can do it, but I'm, we're not going to commit to it at this time. Okay. With that, we have a bunch of questions. Um, so either roadmap questions, general questions for the engineering team. And I'm going to start with uh, Nikki Pearl. So I'm going to ask Nikki to unmute. There we are. Hi, Nikki. Uh, yes. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you all so much for um, this session. It's been very um, informative. Um, I am an orientation and mobility instructor, um, and I'm glad that Ryan uh, brought up navigation. Um, I've gotten conflicting um, answers to my question. And so, um, so when someone is needing help with navigation, um, are your agents um, supposed to or allowed to help an individual cross a street. Ryan, do you want to take that? Yeah, I mean, so the agent can give descriptive information about the street, and that is if they can see it in the view of the camera. So the agent can tell the uh, explorer if the street is, say, a T-intersection, um, they can tell the, they can ex describe the light, uh, if it's a lighted intersection, if it's not, um, they can tell the explorer what color the light is, if they can see it, but the agent is not and cannot tell the explorer when to go um, or uh, anything like that. So the independency of the orientation and mobility is still has to be a part of the um, has to be a part of the explorer. Now, the only time when that can can change if the explorer wishes to is while they are crossing the street, the agent does have the ability to say, you're veering left, go right. And literally it'll be that quick, go left, go, you know, turn a little bit to the right, you know, if you're going into traffic or if you're going into a situation that is, un, that is going to put the uh, explorer into harm. But once you get once you step off that curb, the agent will ignore any other questions that are asked to them until the explorer steps on, on the other side of that curb. Okay. So, I, and I just want to, to be clear, because like I said, I've gotten conflicting reports from uh, students, um, you know, in all sorts of different realms. So, yes, I agree that, you know, it's a T intersection or a four-way stop or, you know, what surroundings, if there's an island, you know, blah, blah, blah. But they are not supposed to say, okay, you can cross now. No, absolutely not. Yeah, that is still, okay. Okay. that still has to be remain on the explorer's part. Yeah. That's a great question. Okay. I did a good job. That is awesome. Yeah, Thank you. you wanna... Thank you so much. Good. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ask uh, Ken Quinn to unmute. Thanks, Troy. And I appreciate all the information that has come out. Um, with regards to upgrades with the rating, I was wondering if you can 
be more suggestive with different types of writing because right now you have either good or bad and sometimes yeah they did a good job but was it the best job or could it have been done better um and so right now you just kind of have either good or bad where it might not work in each situation yeah i mean i'll, I'll just cut the i mean not cut it off but absolutely that's you know we, we want to get quality we want to get great information that we can act on and i'll just be honest that that signal we get today is helpful 100 percent helpful when we see a session that's rated poor that triggers our agent management team to review the session and that you know it's all about helping the agent or identifying technical issues but it's a really poor signal. We have to go figure out what wasn't great or what was good. And the idea is to design it. Um, and that's Neil's job in a way that we get the information that helps us take action. Um, and I know your, your, yeah. your probable like solution to that is, well, we have the added field so you can tell us what went, went wrong or went really well, or didn't, you know, go yeah. as well as you would have thought, but oftentimes you don't have the time or the availability to go ahead and type in that, text feature you just want to you know rate and then move on to your next yeah. tab or, or maybe you want to take the feed you want to give the feedback later right maybe you want to right yeah or yeah there's there's a lot of examples out there and a lot of great design that we can do to get better at and so um, i'm sure camille will be engaging some or all of you when we get to that piece but it's just something we know that needs to change okay i'm gonna yeah. go jim, jim barber thanks next. a lot for everything sure. thank you uh, uh, good afternoon. I um, had, I'm engaged in the chat about the whole orientation mobility thing. I think there's a lot to talk about there, um, but that wasn't actually my question. <laughs> um, uh, my, my question is, um, um, I don't understand how um, Ira Desktop is going to be any different than something like TeamViewer. Um, what are you hoping to do with with a desktop app that you're not already able to do with with a with a screen, you know, with with a, with a machine sharing platform like TeamViewer? So I think the right. Go ahead, Nancy. Go ahead. No, if Camille wants to grab it, she can. Yeah. Uh, oh, she's like, it. Oh, go ahead. Um, that's a great question. For one, I think one of the the biggest things that we want to change is having some sort of document file or photo sharing right in that desktop app because a lot of those team viewer calls are for some form of file sharing either like look at this document slideshow presentation or whatever and describe to me what you see or work with me on it i think the other thing too just in general is that a lot of people don't like using team viewer Etc. They don't feel safe using TeamViewer, um, and I think it would be great to just provide that functionality so that people aren't managing Ira and TeamViewer and whatever browser they're on, whether that's Chrome and potentially other software as well. And so they can just have one experience that they're managing, and they're not having to click through different apps. And oh, what's making sound? Is it TeamViewer? Is it? Um, is it? Google, is it some tab that I left open on Safari that I'm unaware of? And they can just kind of have, I mean, I guess that would be partially solved by the agent, but I, I think really it's um, that kind of seamlessness of you're not having to then email agents while you're on TeamViewer and on Google Chrome. I think um, the other one too, just maybe like I've, we've heard, right? That want to like, I'm on my, I'm on my laptop. Why do I have to pick up my phone, make a call? Like, just let me click a button and instantly connect to an agent from from the desktop 
Why do, why do yeah. I have to use a mobile device to begin with? Like, so the, okay. Um, so I heard three things there. I heard that there's a desire to be able to make IRA calls from the desktop, um, which I suppose is a thing. Uh, I hear that there is a lot of confusion when you layer uh, Windows, a web browser, Team Viewer, and Ira all together, which I don't think actually goes away with Ira Desktop, but maybe you can say a little bit more about why I'm wrong about that. And then the um, the third thing is that people don't trust uh, Team Viewer, and that may be true, but they probably are. But I'm not sure that I'm not sure if, if that trust goes trust issues go away when it's your own screen sharing app. Can you speak to any of that? Yeah, I think um, you know. The Look, there are some of you out there that are really technical and really adept at you know, managing multiple things on the desktop like TeamViewer. But what we've heard from customers is look, again, you know, minutes are precious, my time is precious. I don't even wanna to have to exchange any of that information. I don't even wanna to have to install TeamViewer. As you may know, TeamViewer is not the most accessible app overall, like the, some of the menus, some of the way you close it out. Like we've heard lots of feedback that it could be better. It works. And a lot of people trust it, um, but ultimately it's just removing the friction that we observe every day, like the, the call setup time and the document sharing time. So sounds like you'll be a great candidate for um, as we begin testing our way into the into the app um, on that. But um, sure, okay, yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. So I think we're out of time. I don't know if the session continues. I will continue to answer questions until we're. Till we're kicked out. And with that, I'm gonna to go to Carlos iPhone. Really quick, I just wanna uh, throw out there. Um, I was gonna say it in the session, but uh, for those that really have some of this really good feedback too, uh, stay tuned in the next couple of weeks. Our next uh, uh, Dynamic Insights group, which is our customer advisory board application will go out again. And we'd definitely love to have as many of you on there as we can uh, to provide some feedback. So uh, stay on the lookout for that. Hi there. Hi Carlos. Uh, how are you? I'm very excited about this uh, Iro desktop. Are, are you there? Yes, we can hear you, Carlos. Um, would that have, um, because it was something that I was mentioning a while back about having other ways to call in, such as like an 800 number or for people that, that did not want to use their iPhone to have different ways to call, call in. So it's nice to yeah, one of the first first ways you're doing it is with Ira at desktop. Now my curiosity is could something like that be used in a situation, for example, where you're at a public computer in an airport and you need help with a reservation or you or in a hotel where you have to do something, you may not have your laptop, you know, team viewer on the iPhone more than half the time does not work. <laughs> Literally, I've connected to IRA agents and my calls drop numerous where I've lost multiple minutes. It really does not work. Um, so I was just thinking now that this came up, it would be something that could be used in any of those because I could see scenarios where I might be somewhere and I might say, I need IRA to help me with this one thing, whether it's making this reservation or doing something here and I don't have my computer. Uh, and it's nice to know that Maybe, I don't know if it's a website you'd log into or how you're thinking about it, but it would be cool if they could come in and help control the computer or whatever, if it's something where it's inaccessible and, you know, we just need help with it. Great feedback. Thank you. That's, that's useful. Um, 
All right, we're just gonna keep going until uh, until we're exhausted. I see a lot of hands up. I see, so if I don't get you all like, um, again, come to our booth, really always appreciate, you know, the, the, the feedback. Um, let's go with uh, Michelle Harris or Michael Harris. I think I hit the unmute. Michael Harris. Okay, I'm. Uh, can you hear me now? I, I was trying to unmute before you asked me to. Yeah, no worries. Uh, <clears throat> so, I don't know. The previous gentleman may have kind of touched on it. I mean, there's some things that I will have Ira do where I just don't need them to see me. I might want them to go on the internet and do something for me. Um, and video takes battery. I was just wondering if there's a way to make a or, or to add a feature where you just make an audio only call uh, to Ira, knowing that there, I don't need them to see me at all for what I want them to do. Let me just test with you for a moment. Um, the video may not take more battery. I mean, that's an assumption and, you know, we could test that, but, um, well, it is, but it, it still sounds like there are situations where irrespective of the resource consumption, you just simply don't need the video. Right. Yeah. That's, that's good input. Or maybe I don't want to get dressed. <laughs> Ryan, yeah, I mean, it, don't have a way to mute the video. We can mute the audio, but not the video. Or I guess you could be in privacy mode. Um, yeah, I mean, privacy mode would mute the 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 video, and it is something we did but, for. But then you can't hear the agent, on the you? other side. So yeah, I mean, it. I mean, anything is possible. I would say, you know. Ryan, his does, question was: uh, Does privacy mode mute the audio as well? It does. I yeah. thought it. I thought it. Yeah. I, it does. I, I, yeah. yeah right. I want to just mute the video. Yeah, that's a good one. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I see Catherine first. <coughs> J dot dot dot. So hopefully Catherine, I'm asking her to unmute. Joe, you don't you don't have a hard stop, do you? I just want to make sure. I don't have a. I. No, it's not as Joe, who our host. <laughs> the board meeting starts at two. Okay. And we can go until five minutes of two. Great. Cool. Sounds good. Awesome. Just want to check with you and make sure. <laughs> okay, Catherine. I'm asking Catherine to unmute. Catherine, you're still muted. Hello. Hello. I just have a question. Uh, there, there have been a lot of suggestions from Ira Explorers about um, Putting back the uh, uh, roll roll on minutes um, is that going to be implemented in the future? And also, are there going to be changes in, in the plans? I know there there was some talk about that. Ryan, did you catch that? I didn't. I didn't quite catch. That. Uh, rollover minutes and changes to plans. So we didn't cover rollover minutes. Like we, it's kind of a little bit outside of product. It's something we get asked all the time. Um, I, there's no plans in the works to change that. Um, at the moment, the thinking is, and it, I know it doesn't satisfy everyone, is that you can change your plan on any given month. We don't have annual plans. Um, that gives the flexibility. The, the challenge with rollover minutes um, in the past uh, is that twofold. One is when you look at products that have a concept of rollover minutes, people tend to not use, they, they hold back their minutes or you get into really complicated models of like your first, after three months, your rollover from the first month is gone. And so when we very, very early in Ira, we, we had that plan and it was, it was really expensive and painful. We got so many support calls about like, 
hey, I thought I'd have more minutes. And well, yeah, those rollover minutes from three months ago now um, are gone. And that's why your balance went down. Not to say we couldn't solve it that way. The second challenge is um, a little bit relates to staffing when there's a lot of pent up usable demand. Um, you know, we have to we have to schedule differently. Um, it's maybe not a complete answer, but um, at the moment we don't have any plans to add rollover minutes. Okay, I'm going to go with. Um, Mike, I love your I love your question in chat. Um, I'd love to hear more about that if you wouldn't mind. Uh, just send me an email or something. Tell me what you what your thoughts on that. Um, uh, yeah, love it. Let's go with uh, Ryan Falcon. Ryan is unmuting his phone. Ryan Falcon. Ryan, how about if we come back to you? I see. I can see from your video feed. It looks like you're looking at your phone and trying to unmute. Um, Zoom isn't always the easiest on the phone. So I'm gonna um, go with John Vickers. Oh wait, is that, nope, John Vickers, please. John, are you able to unmute? Okay, it's not. Um, how about Mitchell Green? <clears throat> Boy, it actually worked on the first time. I'm amazed, time. anyway. <laughs> you hear me okay? We can, I, yep. uh, <clears throat> I, I had a couple of different things to to bring up, I, I find the I find the desktop Ira app. Um, I run an IT department, so a little bit of background. I've been an IT professional for probably well my entire adult life, actually, and uh, been at the uh, Outlook Nebraska here for about ten years. Discovered Ira about three years ago or so. Um, had the original pair of glasses, and then went with the uh, with the Horizon glasses. So I've been through uh, a bit of the different. Uh, uh, incarnations, so to speak, and all of which have been very good. Um, Ira's been a game changer. I, I'm a one-person IT shop, so mm -hmm. being able to see the LEDs and all the other things that blink, and by the way, some of your agents are very good at making Cat5, Cat6A, and various other network cables using a camera. Hats off to them all. Wow. Um, and, and the one poor agent that worked with me for four hours and then very politely told me, sir, I hope I was of some help for you because I have no idea what we just did. Hmm. Uh, so, but a couple of things on feature wise, um, definitely would like to have obviously the glasses like everybody else in some form or fashion. Um, but a big thing for me is there are times when I go into meetings and all I want are visual cues person on your left is, you know, rolling their eyes, person in front of you has their head down, person basically want to know if we're losing the audience or want to know things like that. The problem is that in some of these meetings, the, the conversation is a bit sensitive. While I know you guys have privacy agreements, et cetera, and so forth, it would be nice if we had a mode where the agent could talk to the explorer but the explorer's audio is muted and the explorer could use a keyboard or such to type to the agent, uh, you know, when they have questions or whatever, yet that agent may need, may not need hear the audio. As an amazing use case for the audio mute feature that we were just talking about. I love it. Um, it's, 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 we have, we work with various different things and yeah, it's, you know, we may not want certain, certain conversations out there. Haven't had no trust issues with your agents, by the way, it's no reflection on your agents or, or Thanks, staff or anything like that. But what you don't hear, you can't repeat. Mm -hmm. uh, Absolutely. Yep. 
you know, and that was one of the big things. Uh, I was a very, very early adopter of IRA in meetings. And that was one of the big things from like my CFO, my COO was, well, how come they can't just be like literally a set of eyes and a voice in your head? Why do they have to hear us? Mm. And, and so it was, it was a good question. Um, you know, so that would be, that would be something that would be really helpful uh, on my account. The other thing is just a word correction. Um, I'm one of the grandfathered folks that still have the 700 minutes for $329 a month, mm-hmm. um, which it still comes up as unlimited, even though it's only 700 minutes. So it's just kind of a, a little bit of a, a typo there. Uh, but other than that, it's, it's excellent service, excellent uh Excellent game-changing service. What's going to happen with things like Chloe? Has Chloe been completely scrapped? Yeah, at this, this point, Mitchell, we're not investing in Chloe. I think that's a probably maybe 2022. Gotcha. Uh, like when we look at the uh, just the broad needs that, that are expressed either directly or indirectly through ratings and what we see from our recordings, some of the features sure. we talked about today we believe are going to be much more impactful than than AI. I mean, we all, I, I love the concept of Chloe. Um, there's, I can't say the word, uh, you know, the, the Amazon equivalent assistant, I can't talk about Google, like, but I use them every day. And, and it's just that, that technology is still a little far off, frankly, like it, it can be done, but you'd see Ira investing quite a bit of effort to get kind of a minimal return given the state of AI at the moment. But um, sure. yeah. So the last thing I would I would say to one of the gentlemen that was that was confused a little bit about the Ira desktop. So I envision, and correct me if I'm wrong, with the with the Ira desktop app. So um, having having uh, doing support. One of the things that I have on my desktops here at work for or uh, for for folks if they need support, they literally go up. They go to, or I should say go down. They go down to their system tray. They click on you know. Uh, Pulseway, for example, and then they can click on get support. So mm-hmm. if I'm gathering this right, Ira would be something that's loaded, perhaps, and you go in, you click on, you know, Ira agent, and when it when it comes up, will it automatically have a connection to your computer uh, that, yes. that basically it will just pop up a little, hey, Ira wants to, sh- you know, share your screen, yes or no type of dialogue. That's the end goal. Yes. Gotcha. It'll be an excellent service for, for, uh, cause I can tell you, I use team view. I'm one of your online team viewer folks mm-hmm. all the time. And I can tell you, you know, it doesn't sound like much, but when you have, uh, you know, 20 seconds or 30 seconds or one minute to get team viewer and you use, you know, you've had 30 calls in a, in a, you know, yeah. 30 calls. Now you've had 30 minutes. You're dealing with team viewer that you can have back. Yeah. For sure. So very, very, uh, looking forward to that. And the art, um, and I, I also would say to the guy, to the, to the other gentleman on uh, sometimes can't, uh, audio only calls, um, from more of a technical aspect, audio transmits in a narrower bandwidth than audio and video. So mm-hmm. there are times where not necessarily so much battery that it takes up, but sometimes your, your network connections aren't necessarily as good. Yeah. So if you had an audio only, you could transmit at a lower or a more compressed bit rate. Yeah. Cause you wouldn't have to worry about the latency. Yeah. One thing I want to add that, you know, when we talk about desktop and just maybe stating what's obvious, like when we, when we do roll this out, like it's going to have a big focus on privacy and control. Like 
um, you know, ultimately you're, you, the explorer, are in control of when and how an agent could potentially share, view your desktop or manipulate your desktop. So just know that whatever we do, that, that, that's first and foremost in our mind. And I'm assuming that's going to all be an encrypted panel. Yeah. Uh, some kind of 256 bit or some sort of encryption that, that that channel is an end-to-end encryption. Hey, Venu, do you want to comment on encryption? Well, that's the right question. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> part of the whole privacy and protecting both sides of that relationship is, is all data is encrypted everywhere. Excellent. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Gentlemen, thanks for your time. I'm going to go with uh, Santiago. Can everyone hear me? Yes. Great. Uh, so my question is, uh, is there anything on the works? I know iOS has a built-in uh, you know, a screen sharing feature. Uh, is any um, update to the Ira app in the work uh, in the works to have built-in functionality, maybe to no longer use the Team Viewer Quick Support app? Because lately, I was actively typing an answer to that question in the uh, chat, okay. um, but I'll just do it here. Um, yeah, so we're investigating that. We we are aware of the issues with the Quick Support app kicking you guys off after 10, 15 seconds of you know whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, it, it's a it's a new thing that we've we've uh, been made aware of. Um, so yeah, we are looking into that to see what we can do. Um, but I don't have any uh, answers as to today what that will look like. Okay, that's good to know that it's in the works. So uh, you know, solution for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. What about um, longtime Ira user uh, Mika? Here we go. Ask to unmute. Hey, Mika. Good afternoon, everybody. Great session. And I'm glad to hear that um, things are on the move with new features and designs. Um, My question is around um, the cameras. So I know with the iPhone camera, a lot of times, um, if you're using it for navigation, you have to make very slight motions so that the agent can see something. And I know folks have used GoPro cameras, but it kind of involves a convoluted workflow of sort of enabling it through quick viewer or one of those ios apps so i'm just curious if you've looked into gopro or other cameras perhaps independent of glasses that in particular might provide a better field of view yeah i can take that it's kind of at the moment it's the same answer that i gave before on glasses or in general a third-party device that can stream video um we wish it was like more plug and play from an app building perspective to just say like, hey, let, you know, configure a camera to attach to the device. Just like, you know, imagine you wanted to use your native camera. I happen to be an Android user. Like I want to use my GoPro to take the picture, I you know, through my native camera app. Um, instead, I have to use GoPro, right? And so it's not easy to do that yet. And we've little side story. I did contact GoPro about a year ago to see if we could um, look at integration. But long story short is that kind of focus is going to sit behind some of these more basic things that um, we're, we're working on. Um, but that uh, as, as Venu, Dave, and Irene work on our infrastructure and the way we, our app is built, one of the design goals is to be able to plug in and adapt to other cameras and or be housed on other glasses 
But today we're not announcing that, you know, we have that solved or that it's in the roadmap. So what we're talking about today is what is happening. Um, so, so yeah, don't, I wouldn't expect anything in the next, uh, you know, three to 12 months, although things can change, right? Okay. Um, I'm going to try Ryan again. Ryan, you want to give it another go? About I'm going to get, minutes, try to unmute. Um, we all get our... Hello. Hey, Ryan. How you doing? Great. So I have, so I have uh, two questions. I wanted to know if there will ever be a lifetime uh, subscription or if there would be a cheaper price on the plans. I mean, I think uh, in general, the plan questions are, you know, we don't lifetime subscription. Sounds exciting. Um, you can imagine as a business, you know, my little side story, the vision of IRA, my vision of IRA as, as your CEO is to lower the cost of IRA over time, right? At the end of the day, it's, you know, as you know, you can look up online, we pay our agents um, today, uh, $15 an hour. And, you know, they, they're not hundred percent busy. So, you know, they're a lot of times they're, they're, they're in between calls. And so anyway, long story short, I mean, I mean, I was just curious because like with an Invision AI, they have like a, you pay $99 and you can get like a lifetime description. But I mean, I don't know if that's any, I mean. Yeah, they're, so they have, a different, they have a different cost model, right? So there's no humans involved. Um, you know, they, they're paying for servers, uh, which is very low cost. They're paying for some connection time. But as a human powered service, um, at some point, you've got to make sure that uh, the whole system is economical enough to where the company can, you know, um, turn a small profit and stay in business. So long story short, um, the goal is to over time reduce the cost for you, the individual, by increasing the number of access partners, um, which both directly provide service, like in the case of Starbucks, but also, as you can imagine, a portion of those access deals help fund IRA overall. And so okay. as we get more users, so Long story short, I, mean, I, I mean, I was curious because, like, for people that are visually impaired, like, like, I mean, I just, I mean, it's a great, it's, it's a great program. But yeah. I was just curious. So, I'd say you know, right. the easy yeah. answer to that too is, you know, there's a lot of, uh, and I won't get into it here, but there's a lot of ways to get that funded too. And if uh, we can, we've talked about that in the exhibit hall a little bit. Um, so if you want to hear more, feel free to drop by and 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 say that. But yeah, we're definitely aware of the, you know, the. Yeah. Yep. Um, so. Where can I where can I find those um, those avenues to get it? Uh... Go ahead and come into the exhibit hall after the session. We can go ahead and talk about it more. Okay. Yeah, so longer... right, thank you. Yeah. Right, yeah. Thank you. Okay, Austin uh, Benavides. I think I got that right. Hey, Austin. Hello, everybody. Hey. So. Uh... I see the the a uh, promo would oh my gosh stop it sorry <laughs> when I'm speaking the, the uh, my voiceover speaking so. understood yeah, give, me, give me one sec okay can you hear me now yes okay um I just see there's a promotion with Amazon. I think your question is: There a promotion with Amazon um, for like Amazon shopping? The answer there is no. there. We just launched Agent Voted promo this morning, which is Look Amazon shopping. Yeah. Yep. So uh, it's from today until August fourth. You can get uh, you can do one thirty minute call per day, and get um, your Amazon shopping done. Uh, 
how many minutes? Up to 30 minutes per day. Oh, okay. And then another question is, um, what happened to uh, Lyft? I mean, not uh, Uber. Yeah, um, it's a, it's a it's an unfortunate one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm um, I'm pretty transparent. I think sometimes, like uh, Kevin, who leads, uh, you know, his charge of marketing, like he's always, you know, cautioning me to be a little more, you know, less direct. But I'll be direct here. Um, we integrated with Uber. We use their APIs to allow the agent to interact with your ride in a way that you experienced if you ever used the Uber integration. And Uber kept changing their API and some of the use cases that we had broke during COVID because they added some pop-ups, they added some screens that shouldn't have affected us, but it did. It, it, it would block agents from being able to do anything. We reached out to Uber um, in many different ways, asking for help and got no meaningful response. And so our only solution, given that the integration was broken, was to remove it. Um, so, um, yeah, so, you know, I, I can't tell you what to do, but like, you know, I think applying pressure to Uber in whatever way you can um, would be helpful. But at the moment, we can't integrate because the APIs, the things that we need to make that integration work are oh, not. No. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, it's I think uh, we can still use the uh, online. For you can that. still use the online one with the, with your agents, and you can also still use Lyft. So, but yeah, feel free to apply pressure to Uber and yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, we are five minutes before the top of the hour. Um, I'm not going to so go to anyone. I'm going. Let's to... go ahead and move the rest of this to the exhibit hall if you guys would yeah. like to. Um, I'll uh, for those of us that are going over there, and we'll take one last uh, question. No, I don't think we have time. All right, gotta go. All right. I've enjoyed this. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you in the exhibit hall. Thanks for attending. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Thanks, everyone. All right. I think that's all today. Uh, thank you so much.